0: everyone welcome back to another episode of oi with the terror already i'm one of your hosts sandra i'm your other host danielle and we are back to a normal recording schedule yay <laughs> for now <laughs> for now until things get crazy again because it's summer but mm-hmm. yeah it was kind of nice like having last week off like even though we had to record two episodes the week before
1: yeah it's a good strategy especially when we like purposely have a shorter one and yeah but which we
0: did not strategize this week at all
1: um uh, mine's pretty short <laughs> okay. i could add more info i'll probably throw some more facts in but it'll probably be short <laughs> yeah
0: mine uh it's not really like short but it is sad okay <laughs> so it's long and sad which is why i asked you well, it's a good thing that I'm going first then, but that's why I asked you on Saturday, and I was like, hey, is your story this week, like, super sad? Because if it is, like, I had a backup plan.
1: Yeah, that has not... Whenever we've done, like, episodes where both of us have sad stories, it does seem like a
0: weird vibe to end yeah, on, so... It, it it definitely, definitely does. It seems like a sad, <laughs> sad vibe to, to end on. yeah.
1: Mine is more of a head scratcher, so I wouldn't say it's sad.
0: <laughs> okay, well, head scratchers are always good, so. You did send me a hint, and I would guessed, like, the 1920s, but I always feel like I'm guessing the 1920s, so. I think this one actually is the 1920s. Oh, yay. <laughs> finally, finally, my guess of just being, like, a uh, 1920s. I guess off. if you always guess it, it'll be right sometimes. At some point, at some point, I will be right. I guess we can just jump into Oi. Yeah. Believe. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So my Oi, which isn't really an Oi, and I think you know about it, but I don't know if you remember or not. But um, I got my tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah. I got it yesterday. Mm. And I'm really happy with it. Um, it's still healing, so I have to keep on this, like, bandage for, like, a week, and then I can, like, take that off next Sunday, and then just use, like, soap and water and stuff, but... Oh, you
1: went on a Sunday? Interesting. Yeah.
0: That's the one day she had open for, like, uh... a while. I was like, okay. But, yeah, so for those of you that don't know, and I don't know how well Danielle can see it. Oh, no,
1: Carol, yeah, you have to send me a...
0: Oh, yeah, I can see it yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you a photo. Yeah, good. Um, it's essentially what they call the helm or like the ship wheel, like the wheel on a ship or like a pirate ship. No relation to Johnny Depp. I've wanted this tattoo for like over a year now and I finally got it. Um, and it's small. It's like the size of a quarter and it's on my right wrist. So, but yeah, so that's my oi because it was like, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went through with it. I had a moment sitting down yesterday where she was about to start where I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but I did it. So I'm proud of myself for doing it. Yay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my oi for this week.
1: That's exciting.
0: Are you hooked now? Do you want more? It didn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to. And I did ask her because I was like, is this going to hurt a lot? And she's like, it depends. Like some people it hurts, some people it doesn't um it doesn't as much it felt like a cat scratch like a cat mm, like when they go mm-hmm. like to scratch you um mm-hmm. the worst part was when she did like the circle the circular part for the wheel that hurt the mm. most but this whole thing took like maybe 10 minutes so okay. yeah so it was very quick and very easy and i was just mm. like okay cool i have a tattoo now so i keep <laughs> like, feel like a
1: different person
0: it's a little weird because I keep staring at it because, like, it's black so it'll, like, catch my eye if, like, I'm doing something or if, like, I move my wrist quickly. So I'm not used to it yet, but I really like it. So. Mm. It was it was a good investment for now.
1: It's a good conversation starter for dates.
0: Yeah. Why do you have this tattoo? I like it. That's – wanted it for a while. That's why. Because everyone now is like, so what's the meaning behind it? And I'm like – I don't know. Like, I could do, like, the whole, like, corny, like, navigating life thing.
1: You could say you were
0: in the Navy. Yeah. Well, my grandpa was in the Navy, so I could feel like I got Mm -hmm. it from my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Just
1: give every person who asks a different answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I should. I definitely just be like, oh, grandpa was in the Navy. Or, like, I just really like, like, I don't know. I like it cuz it's not as like overused as like the anchor or like a whale's tail which were other options mm-hmm. that I was thinking of.
1: And that is a brewery too, so
0: the whale's tail or I the think anchor. So. Whale's tail. It's not a bad name for a brewery. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself cuz I did it. What's what's your oi or whatever we're doing? Oi or oo or whatever we're doing. <laughs>
1: guess my oi and ooh. I'll have it as both. Uh, So I ended up going to New York and then New Hampshire from before the 4th until the following weekend. And I was coerced into having to go into the office one day in South Boston one of the days I was in New Hampshire. So the only way I could do that is if someone drove me to the Amtrak station... And the train left at six fifteen, and I basically got to Boston at like seven fifty. Um, so I ended up basically getting in the my actual like the office at 8.20. So my plan was to stay till four thirty, but it like I literally was on my feet almost all day because it involved helping the production team with moving stuff out of the building. So I got maybe, like, two, three hours of sleep because it was, like, hot. Like, when I know I have to do something that early, I can't sleep because I wake up every hour, basically. Mm -hmm. So running on little fuel, but I managed to find a Dunkin' at North Station. (laughs) So I had coffee at least. Um, But yeah, so it was basically, like, helping the production team all day. So, like, near at around two or three, I was like, I'm ready (laughs) for bed or something. Like, it felt like a lot so yeah but then it all worked out like i went back on the train went back uh dave picked me up like 750 or something 650 um so yeah for but then when i got back like to that uh lake house i felt like a lot more like chilled because i was like oh well at at least it's out of the way And I had to do that in the beginning of the week Mm -hmm. and not like the last day or something like that. Like I was like stressed thinking of the logistics beforehand. And then once I was actually done, I felt a lot better. So then I felt like I could actually like relax. So I worked the rest of the week up there. But during my breaks, I would go outside
0: and try to do
1: something. So that was pretty nice.
0: Well, let's get that Amtrak worked out yeah
1: no issues i used to be terrified of amtrak like making sure i was on the right track like making sure you don't miss it
0: i Um, just i hate at at least at south station i've only ever gotten like one train at north station i just hate how you're sitting there and you're waiting for your track number to be called and you just feel like cattle just being herded you just are like this is so annoying
1: yeah this was the first time i used north station so it was pretty funny a lot more pigeons um but yeah it was like i guess it was easier in a way because at least at that time when i was doing it there was only one train that wasn't amtrak all the other ones were commuter rails so it's easy to like be like okay that one is definitely the amtrak but then yeah it's the same thing like people just start running when it gets announced like
0: and then you're running over people and you're trying to go around people and you're like i am so sorry like this one time i took so it was when i was in college and i think we were sophomores and my she wasn't my roommate at the time but she was eventually my college roommate for like senior year i think junior senior year she came home with me on amtrak But because I already, like, knew what to do, like, I didn't explain to her what to do. So we're waiting Mm -hmm. for, like, our track number to be called. And it's called. And I just, like, without even thinking about her, I just booked it. And she's like, I've never seen you move that fast in the entire time I've known you. I just had to follow this little blonde bob. And I was like, I am so sorry. (laughs) I forgot to, like, explain this to you. And she was like, thanks. Thanks, Sandra. Thanks for almost ditching me. I'm like, I'm sorry. So when my sister and I took it back in October, I was a little bit more mindful of like, I need to keep an eye on her.
1: Yeah, they can be a lot when it's a fully booked train. The mm-hmm. one I went on was like, I don't know what it was, 70% capacity, maybe. It wasn't
0: fully booked, but yeah, so it wasn't too bad. It sucks when it's fully booked because on the way back yeah. up to Boston, I'm always like, am I going to get a seat or am I going to have to sit in the dining mm-hmm. car? Like, What's going to happen? But usually I can find a seat. So
1: I still don't know where the dining car is. Like, that's the next thing I want to figure out
0: at some <laughs> point when I go on Amtrak. I mean, it's not that special. Like, I've gotten food from the dining, the cafe cart, and it's like, it's really overpriced. Like, you're better off just getting like snacks beforehand.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: it's like super overpriced for like, you can get like food. Like, they have like burgers and like hot dogs, I think. But I'm just like, I don't know if I want to pay $9 for a Nathan's hot dog and a, and a soda.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it just smells weird. Like, I don't know. It stinks up the whole, like, cart, too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, mm, I'll just eat my snacks.
1: Yeah. I was like, well, I could try to, if it was a longer. Like, distance, maybe mm-hmm. I would try to find it, but it wasn't... It was only, like, an hour 40-ish,
0: so I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, it's not worth it. I had my water, so... I mean, you can definitely get a coffee. Like, their coffee yeah. is supposed to be good, and it's reasonably priced. I'm just not a coffee drinker, so... Yeah. Like, it's kind of a waste.
1: <laughs> but... And there's... M- there are multiple Duncans at North Station, too.
0: Well, considering so. it's Massachusetts, if you can't find yeah. one at North Station, just go outside and, like, turn a corner and you're like, oh, there's there's another mm-hmm. Dunkin' or a Starbucks. Like, I must pass, like, six or seven. I almost missed my
1: Lyft car because I wasn't sure how to get out of North Station. <laughs> like, when you get out, there are, like, three different directions you can go in. And I'm like, yeah. which way? So, luckily, I made it within the five-minute window.
0: Yeah, that's always really stressful when you're trying to find your lift car and you're like, I it's somewhere here. Yep, I think so. But yeah, because when I was going back to Connecticut for the for the wedding for July Fourth and the wedding, um, my stepmom called me when I was in the lift going to South Station because it's faster than taking the tea. And she was like, Yeah, so I, I unfortunately like your dad and I can't get you, so like you might have to take a lift. And I was like, Okay, that should be fine. So then I I called my friend Megan, who I think listens to the podcast, and I was like, hey, can you like pick me up? Like when you're done with work. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. So luckily, because like getting a lift in like Connecticut is like it's very yeah, different than getting a lift here. It's a little bit more sketchy, <laughs> yep. I feel like. And there's less cars. But I'm like, I don't want to take a cab because I feel like that's super sketchy. So I begged my friend to come pick me up. Hmm. Which she did, because she's amazing. So thanks, Megan. You're going first. I am going first, which is probably a good thing, considering my topic. And I also, I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything. Um, because my topic is in Japan. So I don't know if you've heard of this, you might have. It's the uh A Kigahara, a Kigahara forest in Japan. It's also known as the suicide forest.
1: Oh yes. Yeah, the whole scandal a few years ago with the TikToker guy, right?
0: YouTuber. YouTuber who I will get into a little bit later, but yes, that guy. So essentially it translates to blue tree meadow and it's also known as the sea of trees. And it is a forest that is in the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji, which is on the island of Honshu in Japan. Um, it ha- it's on about 30 square kilometers, which is about 12 square miles of hardened lava, which was laid down by the last major eruption of Mount Fuji, which was in 864, I guess, CE. So the western edge of the forest, where there are several caves that fill um, with ice in the winter, is a very popular destination for the tourists and for different school trips. Parts of the forest are actually very dense, and are por- and that's mostly because of the porous lava rock that absorbs sounds, which contributes to the sense of solitude that some visitors attribute to the forest. It is historical reputation as a home um, of the dead, according to Japanese mythology, and at least since 1960, it has become associated with suicide. It's known in English by the nickname the Suicide Forest, and it has gained a reputation as one of the world's most used suicide sites. Because of this, there are signs at the head of most trails that urge suicidal visitors to think of their families and to contact a suicide prevention association. The geography of the forest is that the floor is mostly consists of volcanic rock, and there are designated trails that lead to several tourist attractions, such as the Narusawa Ice Cave the Fukachu Wind Cave, and the Lake Sei Bat Cave. And these are three larger lava caves that are near Mount Fuji, and the Ice Cave being froze, is basically frozen year-round. It has been falsely portrayed as a place where navigational compasses go haywire, uh, needles of magnetic compasses move if placed directly on the lava, which aligns with the rock. The rock's natural magnetism, uh, which varies in iron content and strength by location, However, compass behaves as expected when held in the normal height. According to the Japan Ground South Defense Force um, has conducted that it's ranger courses, including navigation training in the forest, and they've conducted that since 1956. There are also a lot of animals that are found in the forest um, and flora. The animals include the Asian black bear, a small Japanese mole. There's a lot of bats, mice, and then kind of the animals that we're used to seeing, such as deer, fox, boar, wild rabbit, They have Japanese mink and Japanese squirrel. They also have a ton of different birds, which include the great tit, willow tit, long tailed tit, the great spotter woodpecker, pygmy woodpecker, and uh, Eurasian jay. And they have kind of an assortment of different plants that you can find there. Um, So about the suicides. So like I said, it is sometimes referred as the most popular site for suicide in Japan. Back in 2013, at the time, there were a total of 105 bodies that were found in the forest, which exceeds the previous record of 78 in 2002. By 2010, the police recorded more than 200 people having attempted suicide in the forest. Uh, There were 54 that did complete the act of those 200. The suicides are said to increase during March at the end of the fiscal year in Japan, and as of 2011, the most common means of suicide in the fo- forest were hanging are drug overdose, which would make sense because there are so many trees, so it's easy to kind of commit suicide by hanging, um, and drug overdose is also a very common way to do that as well. Recent years, local officials have stopped publicizing the numbers in attempt to try to, dis- to decrease forest association with suicide. So The rate of suicide has led officials to actually place signs in the forest, as I said a little bit earlier, um, in the entryway to urge suicidal visitors to actually seek out help and to not take their own lives. There are also annual body searches that have been conducted by police, volunteers, and journalists since 1970. The site's popularity has also been attributed to Seisho Matsumoto's 1961 novel, Nami no To, which is the Tower of Waves, The history of suicide in the forest predates the novel's publication, and the place has long been associated with death. Ubashu uh, may have been practiced there into the 19th century, and the forest is reportedly haunted by um, those people that have been left to die, essentially. Although it does have not great um, connotations associated with the forest, it is actually a very beautiful forest, although it is a little bit eerie. For some visitors, the forest is a place of unbridled beauty and serenity. There are actually hikers that do look for a challenge, um, and one of their challenges is that they can wade through dense thickets of trees, knotted roots, and rocky ground to access amazing views of Mount Fuji. School children also sometimes visit um, on field trips to explore the region's famous ice caves. It can be a little bit eerie as well because the trees have grown so closely together that visitors will actually spend much of their time in semi-darkness and the gloom is relieved only by the occasional stream of sunlight that comes through the gaps in the treetops. Most people come to the forest, um, they say that they really remember the silence of it because beneath the fallen branches and the decaying leaves, the forest floor is again made up of volcanic rock like I mentioned. Um, Cool lava from Mount Fiji's massive 864 eruption, and because the stone is so hard and porous, it does kind of fill the tiny holes that eat the noise, and Visitors have described that in that stillness, um, they say that every breath sounds like a roar. So it is very, very quiet. And it has has its share of, you know, solemn people. Um, basically, it's estimated that as many as 100 people have taken their own life in the suicide forest every year, um, which is, if you think about it, that is a lot of people. Um, so since the early 1970s, a small army of police volunteers and journalists will have annually scored us Scoured the area to search for the bodies. And unfortunately, due to the amount of people that visit there, um, they almost never leave empty handed. And it has increased. It did peak back in 2004 with 108 bodies varying in different states of decay that were recovered in the forest. And that only accounts of the body searchers managed to find. Many more have disappeared under the trees, winding gnarled roots, and others have been carried away and consumed by other animals. They see more suicides than any other location in the world. The only exception is actually the Golden Gate Bridge out in California. The forest essentially has become the final resting place to so many that is, unfortunately, it is not a secret. And even with their signs saying, you know, some say, please reconsider. Some say, think carefully about your children and your family. At the entrance, they still regularly find bodies through the forest. Back in 2010, 240 people attempted suicide in the forest. Like I said, earlier, 54, unfortunately, did complete it. The numbers for the recent years are unavailable because the Jackmanese government is fearing that the numbers that they find may encourage other people to come into the forest and also die by suicide, essentially. So they're trying to stop it, so they're no longer releasing the numbers. Obviously, with all of this turmoil and sadness, there are a lot of legends in the forest, and these legends also can date back to before it was really known as, as the suicide forest. So it's always... Um, been dodged, essentially, with Mormon myths, morbid myths, Uh, the oldest and unconfirmed stories of the ancient Japanese custom called ubatsu. So legend has it that in feudal times when food was very scarce and the situation grew very desperate, a family might take a dependent elegantly relative, typically a female, to a remote location and leave her to die. The practice itself may be more fiction than fact. Um, Many scholars have disputed the idea that... Senicide was ever common in Japanese culture, but there have been a lot of accounts of ubatsu too, that have made their way into Japan's folklore and even in their poetry. And from there, they have attracted themselves to the silent, eerie suicide forest. Then there is the yuari or ghosts that visitors claim that they see in the forest um, that were presumed to be the vengeful spirits of the old who had been abandoned by starva- to starvation and the mercy of the elements. But that began to change in the 1960s when the story of the suicide really began. Um, Today's The Forest Phantoms are said to belong to the sad and miserable, the thousands that come to the forest to take their life. Many also believe a book is to blame for the resurgent in the forest, macabre popularity. Back in 1960, Seicho Matsumoto, like I said earlier, published his famous novel, Kiri Jukate which is translated to the Black Sea of Trees, which the story's lovers commit suicide in the forest. However, as early as the 1950s, tourists were reporting and like encountering the bodies of the people that had commit suicide or had died by suicide. And what brought the broken artist to the forest in the first place may remain a mystery, but its reputation in the present as Japan's suicide story both deserved and undeniable. Regarding media, so it has been referred to in several media, Including anime, manga, films, literature, music, and video games. For instance, in 2015, the film *The Sea of Trees* with Matthew McConaughey, Ken Watanabe, and Naomi Watts also tells a story happening there. As does the 2016 horror film *The Forest*. The scandal that Danielle brought up earlier was in late 2017 or early 2018, where Logan Paul sui- um The Logan Paul suicide forest controversy began with. Logan Paul, who is a YouTube person, influencer, whatever they're called, showing the forest. And he showed the body of a suicide victim on camera, which shocked many viewers and brought widespread condemnation because in Japan, you just don't do that. And you shouldn't do that anyway, because it's very disrespectful to the dead. And it made a lot of people very uncomfortable because obviously they're not expecting to actually see the body of a person that died by suicide. It was also the subject of a BBC Radio 4 production. Um, This was broadcast back on September 10th, 2018, where four poets traveled to the forest to write and record poetry in the forest. Um, The poets included Arai Arai Takato, Jordan A.Y. Smith, Osaki Sayaka, and Yotsumoto Yashuri, who co authored the bilingual Japanese-English anthology of the poems, and short writings on the forest, which titled "The Sea of Trees," poetic getaways to, uh, to the Akihara. And lastly, there was an American playwright of Japanese ancestry, Christine Harana Lee, who wrote and staged a play called "The Suicide Forest" in New York City back in March of 2019, which did address suicide in America and Japan, referring to the forest. So I picked this topic because I'd been wanting to do it for a while and I thought it was really interesting and I haven't really done like a forest or like the woods, I don't think. But I was really surprised kind of by like everything that I found about it because the Japanese government is trying really hard to not have it be associated as the suicide forest, which is why they're putting up all of the signs and everything to alert people and they're no longer releasing the numbers Um, because if I'm remembering correctly, I saw a documentary on this years ago. And one of the reasons why so many people might be dying by suicide is because just of the lifestyle in Japan, it's just very fast. It's very competitive Mm -hmm. and it's hard for a lot of people, I think, to keep up with that. So unfortunately they get to the point where the only way that they really see out is dying by suicide, which is very unfortunate. But I think Japan is trying really hard to work better, to be better at that. So they're no longer associated with this type of. Not necessarily stereotype, but it's just type of history.
1: Yeah, I remember specifically with the whole scandal, like, it was seen, like, even worse than it would have been normally just because it is such, like, a thing with Japanese culture. Like, Mm -hmm. suicide is considered, like, shameful and everything. So just the fact that he was, like, showing this person Mm -hmm. made it really bad yeah it would have been bad to begin with but
0: i also you know. don't think like if you see a video and you're like okay oh, hey, yeah you're in the forest i don't think mm-hmm. you'd ever think that like somebody would be like oh here's here's a body of somebody that we just found mm-hmm. like it's just not it's not kosher it's not appropriate it's just not okay so and it is very disrespectful especially in japanese culture
1: mm-hmm.
0: so and i don't think a lot like i think people might go in there with like cameras but I don't think people would ever go there with the intent of, like, they want to find people or photograph people. It's more like, let's photograph, like, the waterfalls or the trees or whatever, and not the people that are there. hmm So.
1: Yeah, that is a sad topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why I texted you and I was like, are, are you doing something sad this week? Because if so, I'll change. Because <laughs> I did, ha- I had a backup, so, that I was going to research if you said so that you were doing something sad.
1: Yeah, I just started doing research for mine about a day ago, so <laughs>
0: I didn't have one chosen beforehand. But you said that you were inter- like you were really interested in this one, so I'm curious.
1: Yeah, it was one... I don't remember the exact time I thought of doing this. It could have been one I thought of a while ago, and then it just came back to me, but it's definitely not like a typical... I would consider it a crime, but definitely more of like kind of like a odd mysterious situation. Okay. So, I know you've heard of Agatha Christie. Of course I have. Have you heard of the time she vanished for 11 days?
0: No? <laughs> Wait, she vanished?
1: Yeah, she uh, she disappeared. And was found 11 days later, totally unharmed, and apparently was like hesitant about going back home. And no one, like, the there were all these investigators looking for her, like, policemen. They got other famous crime writers to look, and no one could find where she was until someone just reported seeing her.
0: Was she like older at this point, or was she like younger? I don't
1: think so. December 1926. Her okay. daughter was 7.
0: Oh, she had a daughter. Oh yeah, she did have a child.
1: Yeah. Okay, so one day, famed English crime novelist Agatha Christie vanished from her home in is it Berkshire? Berkshire. Is it the Berkshires? But it's England. so Is it pronounced different? Berkshire? I think,
0: Berks- I think it's Berkshire. Berkshire? Berkshire? Okay. Oh God, I just go with Berkshire.
1: <laughs> I think that's the only time I say that. So, It started on Friday, December 1926. At around 9.30 p.m., Agatha got up from her armchair and kissed her seven-year-old sleeping daughter, Rosalind, goodnight. Then she got into her car and drove off. Her disappearance would spark one of the largest manhunts. For those who don't know who Agatha Christie is, she is a famous novelist and actually was pretty well known at the time of this disappearance. So they got more than 1,000 policemen to assign, assign to search for Christie, as well as hundreds of civilians. They also used airplanes to try to spot her. The Home Secretary, William Johnson Hicks, started applying pressure to for the police to find her because this was a pretty big deal for someone so well-known to just disappear, so no one knew what was happening. So they recruited other famous crime writers at the time, such as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Dorothy L. Sayers because they thought all the experience they had in writing crimes and solving crimes would give them knowledge useful for finding uh, Christie police found her car. One day it was abandoned on a steep slope area at Newland's corner near Guildford, but there was no evidence there to help investigators find the famed novelist. As the search continued, the tabloid started speculating theories about Agatha Christie's disappearance. It seemed like a plot from one of her stories and this further increases the speculation from the public. So for those who don't know who Agatha Christie is, she basically wrote, like, the Miss Marple series. She wrote, like, Death on the Nile. Like, so many of her things were made into movies. So it's still, like... Uh, when we go to the Lake House, there are all these old Christie novels. And, like, I'll just pick one up randomly. And they're still, like... Very entertaining, and I can never understand how someone's like could come up with so many different crime scenarios and then all these twists and everything. So it seemed like she was kind of like equipped in if she wanted to try to fake her own disappearance, maybe. So I'll give some background. I didn't add this in my story, but I have it up here. So Agatha Mary Clarissa Miller. Was born on September 15th, 1890, in Torquay Quay, Devon. She was the youngest of three children. Her parents were Clara and Frederick Miller. Oh, uh, um, her best selling, or her most successful playwright was Mousetrap. And she's best known for writing 66 detective novels. And fourteen collections of short stories under her married name Christie. It was in nineteen twelve when she was twenty two, where she attended a, a local dance and met and fell in love with Archibald Archibald Archie Christie, a aviator who had been posted to Exeter. Archie was sent to France when the first world War broke out in nineteen fourteen, but the young couple married. On Christmas Eve the same year he returned. So Agatha worked as a voluntary aid detachment nurse later and then da, 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 apparently there were a bunch of Belgian refugees that she met who provided the inspiration for Hercule Poirot. Then she started writing novels. When the war ended, the couple moved to London where Archie took up a post at the Air Ministry. In 1919, Agatha published her first novel, but it wasn't until she moved to Collins Publishing House in 1926 for where she received 200 pounds as an advance. And then they had their daughter, Rosalind, and moved to Berkshire. And then I guess it was known that her husband had numerous affairs. And at the time of her disappearance, he was confirmed he had a mistress. This is going to come into play later on. So basically, they found her car but didn't have any evidence from that to where they could find her. But it was noticed that the abandoned car was found near an actual spring called Silent Pool. And two children recently died there from a drowning. So journalists speculated that maybe if Chrissy was depressed, she went there and drowned herself, but her body was never found and they didn't think she was really in a depressive state. So suicide was quickly ruled out. Uh, At this point in her life, her sixth novel, the murder of Roger Ackroyd was selling pretty well. And she was a household name. So, others theorized that this was all a publicity stunt used to promote her new book. Others thought that perhaps Christie was murdered by her husband, Archie Christie. And that motive seems like it kind of stuck because he did have the mistress at the time. So, at the same time, Arthur Conan Doyle, who apparently practiced in the dark arts, attempted to use paranormal powers to find Christie. He brought one of her gloves to a famous medium, but this did not go anywhere. Two weeks passed, and the story made the cover of the New York Times. Agatha Christie was eventually found in good conditions at a hotel in Harrogate. Strangely, finding the novelist only brought more questions forward. She was not able to provide police with any details on what had happened. She said she did not remember anything from the incident 11 days ago. So basically, police believe that Christy crashed her car while driving to London. She then took a train to Harrogate, which was known as a spa town, where she checked into the Swan Hydro, now known as the Old Swan Hotel. She had little to no luggage with her, And in another weird fact, she actually checked in under the name of her husband's mistress. Like he's the same exact name, Teresa Nell. So for more information on where Christie was found, Harrow gate is apparently considered the height of elegance in the 1920s. During her 11 day disappearance, Christie was uh, seen attending balls and dances and it was at one of those where she was recognized by the hotel's one of the hotel's banjo players, Bob Tappan, who told the police he saw Christie. They alerted Colonel Christie, Agatha's husband, who went to get his wife. And it sounds like Agatha was hesitant to leave and slowly took her time changing into her evening dress before they left. Later, the author would never speak about this 11-day disappearance publicly, and speculation just continues about what really happened during that time or why she would pretend to disappear. Her husband said that she had a total memory loss as a result of the car crash. Biographer Andrew Norman thinks Christy may have been in a fugue state or a psychogenic trance. This happens rarely after a person goes through a traumatic event, and Norman thinks that Christy was using the name Teresa Nell, as well as her inability to respond to all the news going on around her where her disappearance is constantly mentioned, that she didn't react to this because of her fugue state. And the biographer also thought Christy was depressed and suicidal. And basically that theory is because her husband apparently had numerous affairs in the mistress. And two years after this happened, they actually did divorce. And she later married a well-known archaeologist, Sir Max Malowen. So it seems like she had an okay life after but I remember hearing about that somewhere and it's like so strange, like this famous, my theory is she just like wanted a break and maybe like something went on with the husband and was like, I'm going to disappear for 11 days. Bye.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like today when people are like, I'm going to take a social media break. Yeah. Um. Like I'm going to take a social media break and just like not, mm-hmm. not be around for like a few months or a few weeks. I mean, that's what to me it sounds like, but it could have also been a publicity stunt, too, like as a way to like be like, "Oh, she disappeared. Like, what happened? We don't know." So Or
1: like, maybe she was testing out how if someone was trying to get away from somewhere, like in one of her stories, maybe it was a similar situation, and was doing a like experiment, like, how long can I get away with not being found, but also going to <laughs> dances and parties.
0: <laughs> maybe she's
1: so funny she,
0: maybe she just wanted to be like a normal person for a minute and not be like agatha christie the author or the mother or the wife and just like it's take so her heels that... up and have fun like i don't know i would blame her
1: personally crime novelists were considered like a-list celebrities
0: i mean well it's kind of the same now like if you look at it's not crime Stephen King, that's more horror. But, like, yeah. there are, like, some well-known authors. But, like, they're also super private. Like, a lot of authors that I know of are super private because they like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe it was just her way of trying to be super private. Just the only way you can be in 1926. By just appearing for 11 days. And not telling the police what
1: you did. And then conveniently saying she had no memory of what happened. Yep. <laughs> pretty funny and weird
0: and yeah that's so weird also I'm kind of annoyed at myself did you actually send me a picture of Agatha Christie is that who's in that photo yes damn it how did I not know that was her now that's what okay that's why she looks familiar
1: yeah I tried to get one around the time where it probably happened so she probably would have been around that age I think well
0: I'm sad that I didn't recognize it was her, but it's fine. But no, that's definitely, yeah, I see, I see what you mean now by being like, that was not like, I'm just glad that it wasn't like, because she was murdered type deal. Because mm-hmm. for like a, a true crime novelist, like I don't know if that's the way you want to go.
1: Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Boy with a Terror already. We release new episodes every Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. You can find a podcast. Um, you can email us at oywithterra already at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, we follow and like our posts on Instagram and Facebook Oywithterra Already and Oywithterra Already Podcast.
0: We'll see you all next week.
1: Bye.